1: Those two words are not often used in the same sentence. Yet just because a mother is breastfeeding does not mean that she has to turn into a celibate woman. How does our society's view of breasts and sex affect the breastfeeding mom? Well, today we are talking with Emma Pickett, a private practice, internationally board-certified lactation consultant from London, England, and we're talking about sexuality and breastfeeding. This is The Boob Group, episode 24. broadcasting from the Birth Education Center of San Diego. I'm your host, Robin Kaplan. I'm also a certified lactation consultant and owner of the San Diego Breastfeeding Center. At The Boob Group, we're your online support group for all things related to breastfeeding. Do you have a favorite episode of The Boob Group? If so, we would love for you to give us a call and tell us why you love it so much. All you have to do is call our hotline at 619 866 4775 and leave a message on our voicemail and we would love to share it on an upcoming episode today i'm joined by three fantastic panelists in the studio ladies would you please
2: introduce yourselves hi my name is erin i am 42 and my son cash is 11
0: months
3: hi my name is marie i'm 30 and my daughter aurora is also 11 months
0: Hi, everyone. My name is Sunny, and uh, I am 34. I have two little boys. Uh, My youngest, I am breastfeeding, and he's about five months old.
1: All right. Well, ladies, thank you, and welcome to the show. Thank you. Thank
0: you. Sounds familiar. If your baby is going through another bout of bad diaper rash, then you need to give Dr. Mom Butt Balm a try. It was created by a mom who's also a doctor. When my kids were little, I remember using this thick, goopy cream to help soothe their sensitive skin. Ugh, It was so difficult to wipe off. Not with Dr. Mom Butt Balm. You only need a small amount, and it's really easy to apply and remove. It's also free of dyes, preservatives, and zinc oxide, so it's gentle on your baby's delicate skin. Help your baby feel better and get relief from irritating diaper rash with Dr. Mom Butt Balm. Look for it on Amazon and Walmart.com.
1: So this is a question from one of our listeners. This is from Megan from Washington, D.C. My four-month-old has thrush. Our pediatrician put him on an antibiotic that has to be placed on the infected area multiple times per day. We're on our second round of this antibiotic because the first dosage didn't eliminate the thrush. And this second round isn't helping much either. I've heard that there are some holistic ways to cure thrush. Can you tell me more about these options? Thanks.
4: Hi Megan, this is Dr. Tara Zanfleet of South Park Doctor. Thrush can be a real pain to get rid of. There are three areas where holistic treatments can help, one, the environment, two, mom's diet, and three, topical treatment for your baby. First, environment. Boil any nipple shields, pacifiers, or other playthings she regularly mouths. If your nipples are sore, smear yogurt on them after feeds, or go naked in the sunlight, which helps fight fungus. Wash your bras after every wearing, or go braless. Second, mom's diet. Eliminate everything that is sweet, including the natural, like honey and uh, agave syrup. Eliminate dairy except for yogurt and any yeast-containing foods, including beer. Avoid wheat if you can and no processed foods. Eat yogurt and tons of garlic. And you can take uh, probiotics if you can. Third, topical treatment for the baby. You can give your baby acidophilus bifidus supplements. They're found in the refrigerated sections of the natural foods or vitamin store. You can also have them suck a finger full of yogurt off your finger after eating. You could crush an adult probiotic pill and have them suck one fingertip worth of the powder once a day. You could also treat it with dissolving one teaspoon of baking soda in eight ounces of water and swab it in the mouth with a Q-tip over the baby's cheeks, gums, and tongue. Lastly, an old-fashioned favorite is Gentian Violet Solution, 1%. You swab it around the inside of the baby's mouth once a day with a Q-tip for four days. But caution, it turns everything purple. And so wear gloves, put on old or black clothing for you and the baby or make the baby go naked while you put it on, and make sure to have a lot of bibs around Anything they drool upon will turn purple. You can put some AD ointment or Vaseline on their chins also to make cleanup easier.
1: If you have a question about one of our topics mentioned on our shows, call the Boob Group Hotline at 619-866-4775. So today on The Boob Group, we're talking about sexuality and breastfeeding. Emma Pickett is an international board-certified lactation consultant in London, England, who just recently gave a presentation at the Association of Breastfeeding Mothers Conference about sex and the breastfeeding woman. Her talk focused on how breastfeeding can have an impact on a woman's sexuality and relationships, but also crucially how the sexualization of Western society affects the initiation and continuation (laughs) of breastfeeding. Hello, Emma, and welcome to the show.
5: Hi, Robin. Thank you. Lovely
1: to be with you. Well, Emma, so how do you think Western society's attitude towards sex and the breast affect breastfeeding?
5: Well, to answer you very simply, Robin, the answer is massively. Before I started to look at this issue, I'd actually been a breastfeeding mother for seven years, believe it or not, and when I started to read about this and talk to other mothers and look at the literature, I was stunned by how ignorant I had been of all the influences on me as a breastfeeding mother and all the messages that are being sent to us about the purpose of our breasts and the idea of the primary purpose of our breasts being about sexual attraction and... You know, I didn't realise I'd been fighting this struggle against all these messages as a breastfeeding mother. Um, if you think that we live in a society, and when I say society, I'm talking about um, North America and the UK is quite similar to North America with a lot of these issues. Um, you know, we live in a society where the nuclear family is at the heart of our culture. You know, it used to be the extended family. Um, throughout human history, it's mainly been the extended family, but now we live in these societies where we've got the nuclear family and the couple is on a pedestal in that, in that setup. And when we talk about a functional couple, we mean a highly sexual couple. A successful couple is a sexualized couple and the breast is sexy. The breast is part of that sexiness. Um, and it's important to realize that the idea of the breast being sexy is actually not the biological norm for humans, which to us from the West sounds a bit mad because we just assume that... Breasts are inherently sexy and inherently part of our sex lives, but actually that's not the reality for a lot of cultures out there. Um, One particular study looked at 190 cultures worldwide, and only 13 of them found the breasts sexy.
1: No kidding.
5: (laughs) Yep, and even then, it was uh, nine of them like large breasts, two of them like long and pendulous breasts, and two of them like upright hemispherical breasts. So, you know, there's not even a consensus about what makes a sexy breast. But But in our society, we feel very strongly that the purpose of the breast is about attracting a male gaze. You know, it's in, their ma- it's in magazines, it's on billboards and for a woman who's becoming a mother throughout her entire life, she may never have even seen breastfeeding. She may have never seen breastfeeding up close. Breastfeeding is private, it's restricted, it's away from us, so most of our lives we see the breast as a sexual thing and for a sexual purpose. And we've really lost sight of what the purpose of the breast really is, that, you know, that it's a functional organ and we're called mammals because we've got mammary glands and we've lost sight of that. And the fact that any breastfeeding is happening seems pretty miraculous when you actually think about all the forces on us telling us about what the breast is for and all the forces on us telling us the importance of being a sexualized couple and the importance of being sexy.
1: So how do you think that um, these views affect breastfeeding rates and duration in our culture?
5: Well, I mean, let's imagine we're talking about a teenage mom. You call them a teenage mom. Um, so, you know, that, that teenage mom, her whole life, she's been having images about breasts, you know, in, in the magazines she reads, you know, around her on television programs. She's been given really strong messages about what her breasts are for. And then we're suddenly expecting her to want to breastfeed when she gets pregnant. We're expecting her to reverse all those messages and, you know, someone's going to give her a leaflet and her, her doctor's going to talk to her about breastfeeding and suddenly all that stuff's going to go away. It doesn't happen like that, which is probably one of the reasons that initiation of breastfeeding is pretty low among very young mothers, for example. And, you know, and, and for older mothers, you know, we're asking them to combine that role of being a breastfeeding mother alongside being a lover and a sexual partner. And, you know, when two or three months have gone by and you're struggling to combine those two roles and your partner is struggling with that, it's inevitable that some people are going to start thinking about giving up breastfeeding. And certainly if we're asking those mothers to get to six months and a year, that's a long time to struggle with those two roles and struggle with trying to make those two roles fit together. And if you've got a baby boy and he's breastfeeding and he's breastfeeding past six months and society perceives you to be performing a sort of semi-sexual act when you're breastfeeding him, um, you know, who's going to carry on doing that when your baby's, you know, 18 months old or or two years and beyond, which is what the World Health Organization recommends for, you know, all societies. That's the recommendation for breastfeeding. If society tells you that it's a sexual act and that baby's en- engaging in an act with a sexual organ, it's inevitable that breastfeeding duration is going to be hit by that message.
1: Everyone in, the, everyone in our panel right now is shaking their head like, oh, my God, yeah, absolutely correct. Um, ladies... How do you feel that you have been influenced by our society's views on the breast and breastfeeding? Erin?
2: Well, I know that for myself personally, I have been dramatically affected to the extent that I rarely, if ever, breastfeed in public. And I have had some boops, do you (laughs) call them, (laughs) (laughs) on those few occasions that I have, which only reinforces my, I don't want to say shame, but I'd rather say modesty Mm -hmm. for breastfeeding in public. And when people find out that I'm still breastfeeding my son, as I said, he's 11 months old. Today, for example, a friend of mine said, well, how long do you plan on doing this? This is kind of odd. And I said, as long until it gets awkward. Yeah. So yeah, absolutely. It's affected everyone's ability to perceive and participate in breastfeeding.
3: Absolutely. Um, Marie, how about you? I think mine has been more of a transition you know my daughter's 11 months old and in the beginning I was much more modest about it and shy um, I'm an only child I'm the only grandchild here in the state so I didn't have older siblings or cousins to kind of see as an example of what it would be like in in my family culture um, I know my mom breastfed me so it wasn't my mom was very very for it but I didn't have any examples but I'm lucky that I had a lot of friends that breastfed Um and that breastfed even beyond a year, and breastfed in public around all the husbands, yeah. um, they were able to do it discreetly. And I always said, "Well, that's what I want to be when I grow up as a mom. I wanna, I wanna go out in public and whip it out, but not have everybody see it, um, <laughs> because I am personally modest of that. And yeah, because because of the sexualization of it, because to me it has a sexual reference, so I don't want it. I didn't want to show it off. But now at eleven months, if we're at the zoo. And somebody accidentally gets flashed a nipple. I just think, well, you know, you've probably seen better elsewhere, so... (laughs) Hey, go for it. You know, I still try to be quick and discreet,
0: but I'm not like sweating over it like I used to be in the beginning.
1: Yeah. How about you,
0: Sunny? Um, Yeah, I definitely have the issues with breastfeeding in public, and you know, I I try to be somewhat discreet about it as well. But I still want to do it because I want people. I don't want people to feel weird, but I want them to at least see a mom. You know, even if she's covered up, I, I don't want it to be so just a weird thing. Because I think prior to having my own children, I even thought it was kind of a weird thing, because I didn't understand it, and I wasn't around breastfeeding moms growing up, you know? Um, but, you know, the, the thing that I struggle with, I have two little boys, um, five months, and um, my oldest is just over two years now. I'm starting to feel a little weird breastfeeding my five-month-old in front of my two-year-old. You know, it started kind of with pumping. I'm like, oh, do I pump in front of him? But now, you know, I just don't know how he's looking at me. And someone said to me the other day, well, you know, you, he can probably only see you naked for, you know, like another year. So I'm like, really? Really? Oh my gosh, you know, because I, you know, I provide for them so much because my husband works so much. I'm like, if he can't see me naked, like that's really going (laughs) to limit, you know, and so, um, but I would trace that back to a sexualization too. Um, the other day I was nursing, um, my five month old and my, um, my two year old came up and he just kind of put his hand on my breast as I was breastfeeding and I I got really weirded out by that. I was like, I mean, he obviously didn't know, you know, I mean, he didn't mean anything by it, you know, not in that manner. But I just felt like that seems sexual because you're not breastfeeding anymore, you know. And I think this all comes back to culture and what we experience. Yeah. Emma, do you think, I mean, I've read
1: where like Scandinavian countries where extended breastfeeding and breastfeeding in public is just the norm that they – that they must have a different perspective on the breast then because are breasts less taboo in their cultures and is this why we have such a significant difference compared to countries who are more comfortable with breastfeeding in public and extended breastfeeding?
5: Yeah, I mean, I think that is true. I think part of the story about Scandinavia is about... Um, government support for breastfeeding. So if you've got really powerful pro-breastfeeding messages, you know, really good quality breastfeeding support and education, that is going to override some of the cultural messages about the breast being for another purpose. But it is true from what I've read um, that Scandinavian cultures tend to have a more natural approach to the human body, it's more about the beauty of the natural human body and there seems to be a better integration between the idea of a breast being for sex and the breast being for, for milk production. I don't know if you're familiar with the work of Kathy Abbott who's a lactation consultant. She did a study about Finland and she went up to a Finnish dad and said, how do you feel about your wife breastfeeding? And she said that he looked at her like she was crazy, like, well, w- how would there possibly be an issue? And he actually said, hey, you know, here in Finland, we share. I get one, I get one breast and the baby gets the other breast. Um, and can you imagine an American dad saying, you know, I get one breast and the baby gets the other breast? There would be a kind of ick about that. That's kind of crossing a line. And, um, you know, the same in England, too, whereas they seem much more comfortable with that dual role of the breast. They seem more able to kind of integrate that.
1: Well, Emma, how do you feel society views the woman who is both breastfeeding and a sexual being?
5: Yeah, I mean that it really is at the heart of it. I think that's what society is not comfortable with. I mean, if you think back to the Time magazine, um, you know, cover. If we think back to that that cover about the attachment parenting and the mother feeding her three year old, um, you know, I mean, obviously it'd be great if we had a copy of that in front of us now. Maybe somebody listening can pull that up on their PC while they're listening. You know what was really threatening about that woman? I mean, she was beautiful. She had the blonde hair and the beautifully plucked eyebrows and <laughs> a made-up face. She had, you know, tight clothes, a great figure. She had a hand on a hip, uh, her knee was bent. She was looking out at the at the, you know, looking out at the camera. She was looking out at us in a very confident provocative way you know she wasn't looking down at her child you know we didn't have kind of a, got a body language of kind of apology apologizing for what she was doing you know she was really confident and i think some of the controversy about that article sorry and about that cover came from the fact that she was being both sexual and maternal simultaneously in that one image you know if she had had a hairy upper lip and she'd been wearing <laughs> baggy clothes, I don't think it would have been as threatening as it is now. Um, you know, one thing that I heard someone say is that, you know, what, what sets us people about that image is the way that she's moving from the realm of the sexual into the maternal. She's going backwards and forwards. It's a liquid movement between that sexual and maternal roles. And if a woman can do that, they are powerful, they're unpredictable, you know, they're, they're refusing to be compartmentalized, which is what society wants them to do. Um, so, you know, society is threatened by a woman who is both sexual and breastfeeding at the same time. They want the woman to separate those roles and put herself into boxes.
1: Absolutely. And, and you mentioned in your article on your website several times that the sexy breast is only the non-functioning breast. Um, can you
5: elaborate on this? Yeah, I mean, if we think about, you know, what's a sexy breast in American culture? You know, it's pretty much that enlarged, engorged, post-plastic surgery, you know, big, big breasts. That's the kind of Pamela Anderson breast. Mm -hmm. We've got an equivalent celebrity in this country called Jordan. You know, big, 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 big breasts. And they look like the breasts of a newborn mother, ironically. I mean, these are engorged breasts, you know, three days postpartum. But the minute you add a drip of milk to that breast, you know, (laughs) whoa, that's not allowed to be sexy anymore. Um, You know, if Pamela Anderson is running along that Baywatch beach and a drip of milk comes down from her breast, immediately we're all expected to be revolted by that. Um, if, you know, if you consider that um, you know, about half of all 16 to 21-year-olds are considering plastic surgery in the, in the UK, I'm going to guess it's pretty similar levels in the States. There's, there's such powerful messages about what's the breast for. The breast is for attracting a male gaze. Um, if you look at lingerie ads, uh, and I've been looking at stuff like this in the last few months, <laughs> even, even ads for nursing bras, you've got yes. women, women with you know the wind machine in their hair they've got their makeup on they're looking at it looking out through the camera looking at us they're even like they provocatively unclipping the clip on their nursing bra as they look at us but the minute that ad is for a breast pump that mother can't look at us anymore she's looking down she's looking out of the frame um, she's dressed differently she's not got the wind machine in their hair she's not made up anymore you know you cannot have a baby on her hip and she's allowed to look at us in a sexy way um, you know the we're told very clearly that women can only look a certain way when they are you know, not being maternal in that moment. And one thing that, um, that a writer called Kathy Detweiler, who writes a lot about breastfeeding, says is that we're so used to that image of the enlarged post-surgery breast as being sexy that we don't even think about it for a moment. I mean, hang on, this is like, this is like Chinese foot binding in the 19th mm-hmm. century. This is like China where women were... You know, they bound their feet with bandages and their feet became tiny little stumps and they couldn't walk on them properly. The foot lost its, you know, biological purpose. You know, women are having surgery before they've had kids, risking not being able to breastfeed successfully. Because they see the purpose of the breast as being about attracting the male gaze, you know it's not about a functioning breast. If you if you get to be able to breastfeed after you've had surgery, great. But half the time, women aren't even asking whether it's possible when they're having surgery because it's just not in their heads.
1: Yeah, or it's not being mentioned by their physician either. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> so, yeah. True. Well, ladies, what are your thoughts on this? Do you feel that your breasts are less sexy now that they have uh, they're functioning with a purpose? Erin, what do you
2: think? No, actually, um, my husband is always a. Uh, commenting on how great they look. (laughs) So I'm very lucky in that aspect. It was difficult in the beginning and and she used a really good word that I have to to pull out and that's compartmentalize Mm -hmm. because particularly after my child was born, that's what I had to do. I had to compartmentalize myself in as many different categories as I could. And until I became comfortable in each one of those categories, could I then begin to try and piece myself back together? And it's only now into the 11th month that I'm really starting to feel more myself and I'm not taking so much issue with my breasts as both nurturing and nasty.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Nasty. (laughs) about you?
3: Mine are still in their own compartment. (laughs) 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 Um, And luckily, my husband's very understanding of that, and he's totally fine with with that. They're a little off-limits, unless it's a very um, rare occasion but I think they're more sexy now you know I mean they're fuller I mean like that engorged look that you um, that you were talking about the first couple of days we were my child was a NICU baby and we were in the NICU and they were huge and engorged and and I was like well at least one part of me looks good right now (laughs) (laughs) Um, and I definitely feel like I have I remember before I had a baby um, watching you know like E! Online or or those shows where they talk about the ladies on the red carpet and and they talked positively like oh well she just had a baby so her breasts are showing it and I and I thought that so that was a positive example of I guess society with with breastfeeding boobs (laughs) Um, but yeah I think they're more sexy I like them I'm a little I'm a little afraid of how my self-confidence is going to change once I'm done breastfeeding or in between babies and if they're going to revert back to being less full,
5: ah, oh,
1: okay,
0: good point. Yeah. How about you, Sunny? Um, I'm the opposite, you guys. I do not like my breasts nearly as much when I'm breastfeeding. Um, I am about a C cup, even you know, before um, having engorged breasts or you know, having a full milk supply. Um, and I really enjoyed my breasts prior to getting pregnant the first time. Um, and then after I had my son, I noticed a immediate change in their perkiness, and I did not like this whatsoever <laughs> you know um, I really enjoyed my breasts before getting pregnant and having my first son um, and then I kind of you know just kind of came to terms with the fact and, and I've always been someone that has said listen my breasts are for my children after I'm done having kids I'm, I'm all for surgery I don't I, you know <laughs> that's fine w- once they've served their purpose and I've always you know thought that you know breasts are for my children first and my husband second <laughs> I really don't care about him too much you know <laughs> um, but the breasts not the husband <laughs> <Yeah, better. laughs> But yeah, yeah. So um yeah, to me it it changes the way my nipple looks. Um, I just feel a little deformed. I feel like my body is not my own. So how can I feel sexy if someone else is taking hold of my body? You know, it's not my own to to feel sexy with. It's 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 you know my five month olds, and then I'm like, well, that's weird if you know me feel sexy if it's really for my five month old. So obviously, you know, I'm struggling with this, and I didn't even realize before you know um, talking about it that I really do struggle with this. You know, the the difference between you know feeling sexual and then also being able to care and and breastfeed your baby as well. It's an issue for me, obviously. Yeah, I
1: well, and for a lot
0: of women as well.
1: So when we come back, we're actually going to be delving into that. Um, Do women do they need to? Are there ways around it? Um, as well as how can a breastfeeding mother incorporate sex back into her life? Um, because we do have this other partner who um, sometimes feels neglected. So um, we'll be right back. All right, well, we're back. Um, Emma, can you describe the informal study you conducted last year and the results of this study about
5: sex and breastfeeding? Yeah, I mean, basically, I, I really wanted to find out what was in people's heads. And and it's not always women are not always able to talk as confidently as your panel are. Some people don't want to have that conversation. So I created an anonymous survey where I asked women about their experience of breastfeeding and sex. You know, how long do they have sex? How long do they wait to have sex after they have their first baby? Do they like their breasts being touched during sex? Um, how do they feel about their bodies? How did their partner feel about their bodies? I asked some kind of closed questions and some open questions. I had about 600 people respond to my survey. I, I got them mainly from social media, parenting forums in the UK. I was aware that if you're not feeling great about sex, you probably don't want to answer some questions that some blooming lactation consultant has asked you. So I tried to encourage those women to come forward and answer those questions too, and and talk about the negative feelings about sex. And you know the results were absolutely fascinating. I mean, people were really honest and open and and I was just amazed at the huge spectrum of normal and everybody thought they weren't normal, that was the other thing, because mm-hmm. no one's having this conversation and no one's really talking even to their close friends about how does it feel to be a breastfeeding mother or having sex. Everyone thought, I'm not having sex, I'm the only person not having sex and equally people thought, I'm having sex lots, I'm a freak, people use that <laughs> word, um, You know, my husband must be a freak, we're gonna keep this to ourselves, um, no one else is having as much sex as I am, I'm all alone. People felt they were alone on each end of the spectrum and, and the other thing that was really striking was the impact not just on breastfeeding of, on a woman's perception of her body but the impact of giving birth. Lots of women were feeling quite good about their breasts but feeling bad about their their stomach and, and other parts of their body or the fact they put on weight. And So it wasn't just messages about the breast and the sexualization of the breast that were causing people trouble but also society's images about what a sexy woman is. You know, a sexy woman does not have a slabby tummy that hangs down. Um, that's not an image that we see very often. You know, the celebrities are praised because they get back into their tight clothes and they're looking great after six weeks. And the celebrities that keep weight on are the ones that society, you know, is not so thrilled about and the celebrity magazines are pretty tough on. And, and women were being affected by you know, lots of general feelings about their body, not just about whether their breasts had changed. And people were struggling, and partners were struggling as well. And even in the survey, people were being very honest about saying, my husband wants me to give up breastfeeding. That may not be something he's saying in public, but he was saying it to his partner. So there's, people are really having a tough time, and because they're not talking about it, it, it probably makes it even tougher.
1: And Emma, do you find that there's a paradigm shift that has to take place after a woman becomes pregnant and how she views her breasts even before she has a baby, or is this mostly occurring after the baby's been born?
5: I think, I think one thing I'd say is that nobody can really predict how they're going to feel until the baby's been born. So although people are beginning to make a transition in their head and they're beginning to kind of think about some of the feelings that might arise, they really haven't got a clue what it's going to feel like until the baby's there and the baby's been there a week or two weeks or three weeks. I think, you know, people are making some, some shifts, and some women make shifts, shifts easier than others and some women stop being sexual when they're pregnant and they already start to feel they need to be celibate. They feel that the idea of a celibate mother is something that's required of them and other people carry on being really sexual and seem to be able to integrate those roles. So this there's such a big range of, of what women are doing and, and how women are experiencing that shift.
1: Absolutely, um, ladies. Have you found that your sex life is different since you've had your baby? And mentally, has it been difficult for you to switch from the idea that you're a breastfeeding mom to a sexual woman?
2: Kind of that compartmentalization that we were talking about, Erin. Um, well, for me, it has. I think it does for everyone. Particularly the frequency. You know, it's not like it used to be um, as often. And you know, for me, before. Well, while I was pregnant, I actually read a book of um, women recounting their own tales tales of breastfeeding, and one of the women talked about finding all of these men who were their fetish was to have sex with lactating women, and that really stuck in my head, and it kind of messed me up for a while <laughs> because I, I just like Marie, I was you know this is uh, off bounds, do not go into this area; it's the no cross zone. Um, And that I did have to compartmentalize it. And we did have to kind of like figure each other out again, because, you know, when you do things a certain way with someone for so long, and then suddenly an area is off limits, you have to kind of learn each other again. Um, So yeah, and it really did help me compartmentalize until I could slowly incorporate back in.
3: Yeah. How about you, Marie? It's definitely different in the sense that you've got to be a lot more creative um, with the timing. Um, Sure. But for us, I think it's a little bit better because since our the frequency is a lot less and the opportunities are, are less frequent, when they do happen, we're like, all right, let's go. This is great. <laughs> He's going on fraternity leave. And I'm like, if she takes a nap in the crib, that means like daytime <laughs> sex. <sets."> you know? <laughs> <laughs> <It's> go time. <laughs> Upstairs, you know, while she's downstairs. Woohoo!" hoo um, I think it was mentally a little bit more difficult for me in the beginning to switch back and forth because, you know, when I'd read about how you're giving all that touch and that feeling to your baby and that intimacy, that really resonated with me, especially in the beginning couple of months. But at the same time, I really craved that one-on-one intimacy with my husband. Mm -hmm. So it wasn't even necessarily as much of of a raw, urge, sexual craving as it was just to just you know the the act of love making and that intimacy with my husband I think was um, was more I think strong for me during during that time
1: that's, that's
3: You you phrase that so eloquently. I'm,
1: I'm, I'm still so, like... I'm glad. you <laughs> <was> so
3: beautiful.
0: <laughs> Sunny, how about you? Yeah, I think uh, physically it, it's totally different for me too. I think my issues, though, don't have so much to do with breastfeeding, but just complications. Um, you know, Emma was talking about, you know, after, you know, you gain weight. You know, I still have 25 pounds that I need to lose from this last baby. Um, I don't, yeah, I don't like to look at myself naked, so I think why would my husband want to look at me naked? No. No daytime sex for me. I'm not <laughs> and if I don't want to see myself, I don't expect anyone to wanna to see myself. Although um, I doubt
1: he feel that way though, which is Yeah. I know, I but understand. it's in our head and yeah. I think
0: for me, in order to enjoy sex, I have to feel sexy. Sure. I, I just you know, if I'm feeling like a big old blob that's gonna, you know, just <laughs> milk everywhere once yeah. we have sex, I mean, I I just it's not clean. I like sex to be clean, yeah. if that makes sense. So yeah, it I I'm struggling with this quite a bit and on a lot of levels not just because I'm breastfeeding yeah
1: it's funny too as a lactation consultant um I mean I haven't had lactating breasts now for five years and I still am kind of they're still a little they're less they're more off limits than they were before because literally I'm touching breasts all day and so for (laughs) me I'm sure my husband would love that view you know that like he'd love to fly on the wall but essentially because to me breasts are functional still even though mine are no longer functioning in that way and so I have this dichotomy going on as well because this is the part I'm looking at all the time it's funny I wonder about OBGYNs like do they feel the same way you know like I look at crotches all day do I want to do I want to engage in that but so I don't know but I, I I still you know even have this even without being a lactating mom but just a little bit of info. I'm sure my <laughs> husband would love that I shared that. Um, but, Emma, um, how can a breastfeeding mom incorporate sex into her life, especially if she is compartmentalizing and having a hard time dealing with not only the breasts and the lactating, and but also the body? Um, Sunny had mentioned, you know, feeling sexy. And do you do you have any recommendations for that?
5: Yeah, I mean, I think, it, you know, it sounds kind of obvious to say it, but obviously the key thing has got to be an honest dialogue between, you know, the the. The mother and her her husband, or her you know her partner, and it, it needs to be okay for him to say, um, I'm struggling and I miss sex and I wish we could find some way to regain intimacy and it, it, we should be able to open a dialogue where he's allowed to say those things because I think sometimes. Um, I'm assuming this is a heterosexual couple at the moment, but obviously some of these issues are relevant for, for gay couples too, but you know, we, it should be okay for him to say, I'm, I'm having a hard time, and we shouldn't feel threatened by that, and we should be able to talk about these things honestly. And the other thing I would say is that um, you know, it's important to try things. Um, I'm not going to advocate anything too kinky here, but you know, <laughs> we, when you read a lot of books about breastfeeding mums and sex, everyone says, oh, put breast pads on, wear a bra. If you worry about leaking, wear a bra. But, you know, just take them off once. You never know. You could be surprised. I mean, you, if you, you, know, you may feel that this is going to be your husband's problem, but maybe it won't be. And you maybe just have to try things and talk about things and, and see how things go as you, know, as you go along. And also, the other important thing is that we're all incredibly tired. We've got young kids. We're shattered. It doesn't have to be full sex. There are lots of different ways to be sexual, there are lots of different ways to be intimate. You know, it doesn't have to be, oh my God, here we go, this is going to take an hour and this is going to end in penetration. You know, there are lots of different ways to, to be sexual as a couple. And, and, it's, and it's important to recreate stuff and start from the beginning because, you know, as like the panelist said, this is new. Bodies are new, feelings are new. Nipples are going to feel different. They're not going to feel like what they felt like before. And lots of women don't want their nipples touched at all. And they really don't feel comfortable when they're breastfeeding to have any breast contact. You know, some women, and these are women in my survey, like it much more than they did before, and they're really surprised by how much they like it, and and they want to incorporate the nipple much more in the sex act. But they wouldn't have found that out if they'd been wearing their breast pads and their bra. So it's important to have a bit of experimentation.
1: I, I love that idea. <laughs>
5: <laughs> I'd be scared I'd leak on him though, or, or no. something. Oh,
1: I'm so well, sorry. <laughs> but I, I think, Emma, am I right to say? I mean, but it, that may not necessarily. That may be more of a, a thing that
5: moms are afraid of, yeah, but not necessary. A, it, the, you'd be surprised how many women in the survey said that their husbands like that. Yeah. You know, and let's be really frank for a moment: oral sex is okay, but yet leaking breasts aren't. I mean, how does that make sense?
0: Yeah, it's true. Yeah.
5: Um, you know, I mean, why is why is the leaking breast dirty? Because of all these powerful messages we're getting about valuing milk and about who we are as women, but yet all sex is okay doesn't make sense. You know, I mean, milk is actually sweet, tastes great. Um, you know, it's it's a lovely thing that's making your baby grow and. It's not likely your husband is going to be completely freaked out. And if he is, have that conversation and put the breast pads back on. But a lot of the time it's a woman's perception that the husband will be bothered and it isn't necessarily the reality that he is.
1: My last question for you was actually, you know, how can we change the way society fails to support breastfeeding moms? And it sounds like just in other cultures where they're breastfeeding in public all the time and they're doing extended breastfeeding and breastfeeding is not as sexualized as it is in the West that um, that's kinda where we need to go with this. Would you agree? Yeah I mean in
5: an ideal world sure I mean I think it's gonna be really hard to switch off the breast being sexy that's the way our culture is and it's been that way for a long time that's never gonna go away Um, but it's gotta be sexy and functional at the same time you know and we've gotta and every time somebody feeds in public Every time somebody sits on a bench in the mall and even if they've got their cover on, they're still sending a message about this is what the breast is for. But every time we hide away, every time we go upstairs because our friend's husband is downstairs, every time we do that, we're compounding the message that breastfeeding is secret and private and you don't get to see it because this is a sexual organ. So you know, as breastfeeding mums, we, you know, we can try and be brave and go out and do some breastfeeding in front of other women and in front of other girls. And, you know, that's going to chip away at this image of the breast not being functional. And it's going to take a long time, but, it, you know, it's going to get there in the end. And alongside that, there has to be good quality breastfeeding support as well, because if you're wavering about breastfeeding and you're struggling and your nipples are sore um, and you're already feeling conflicted about the sort of sexualization issue, you're not going to be breastfeeding. But if you've got really good quality breastfeeding support that makes you feel empowered and helps you to reach your breastfeeding goals, you're more likely to battle through some of those images and some of those conflicting messages.
1: Absolutely. Well, thank you so much, Emma, for your insight into sex and the breastfeeding mom. We so appreciate your time. And I know it's really late for you. So thanks for staying up. (laughs) (laughs) Let us call you. (laughs) Before we wrap things up today, here's Jana Rose Feinberg with some tips for breastfeeding multiples.
6: Hi Boob Group, this is Jana Rose Feinberg, editor of breastfeedingtwins.org. I'm a mom of twins and a board-certified lactation consultant in the Seattle area. Today we are going to talk about nutrition while breastfeeding. While you were pregnant, you probably paid attention to what you ate, maybe ensuring that you didn't go too long between meals or that you were getting enough protein in your diet. Once the babies are born, it's easy to lose track of your own nutrition as you focus on feeding your new babies. But it's still important for you to eat well, especially if you're breastfeeding. Just like when you were pregnant, you're eating for three. Here are some tips. Try to eat regularly, every few hours. Breastfeeding burns a ton of calories and you need to stay well-fed to keep up your energy. Stock your fridge with grab-and-go snacks you can eat one-handed. This can be as simple as preparing a stack of sandwiches to eat throughout the day, or making some snack boxes with rolled deli meat, cheese, and sliced apples. If your partner or mom has time, this is something they can do to help you even if they won't be around during the day when you need to eat. For more protein-rich options, consider preparing a whole batch of hard-boiled eggs or making a smoothie with fruit and yogurt. If you or your babies don't tolerate dairy well, you can also add a non-dairy protein powder to a smoothie for an extra boost. Keep some healthy granola bars near your regular nursing spots for a quick snack. You may even want to keep some food near the bed for middle-of-the-night nursing sessions, though you may want to pick something that's less crumbly for eating in bed. It's also important to stay hydrated. Keep a big bottle of water near your nursing station so you can sip when you're thirsty. If you're supporting your milk supply with an herbal tea, you can brew a large batch and drink it over ice throughout the day. Making enough milk for two or more babies takes a lot of extra calories. Some recommendations suggest an extra 500 calories and 10 grams of protein per baby definitely not the time to start a diet. For more tips and personal breastfeeding stories, please visit breastfeedingtwins.org and keep listening to the Boob Group for more twin tips.
1: If you would like to share your opinion about the topic we discussed on today's episode, please call our hotline at 619-866-4775 and leave us a message on our voicemail. We would love to share it on an upcoming episode. Coming up next week, we'll be discussing how to avoid booby traps after a hospital birth. Thanks for listening to The Boob Group, because mothers know breast. This has been a New Mommy Media production. The information and material contained in this episode are presented for educational purposes only. Statements and opinions expressed in this episode are not necessarily those of New Mommy Media and should not be considered fact. While such information and materials are believed to be accurate, it is not intended to replace or substitute for professional medical advice or care, and should not be used for diagnosing or treating health care problem or disease or prescribing any medication. If you have questions or concerns regarding your physical or mental health or the health of your baby, please seek assistance from
0: a qualified health care provider. Hey, mamas